Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, uh, this will be uh, my How Have You Been series uh, of Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, when I was here for think back home in Thanksgiving, uh, it was my homecoming series, but we uh, switched it up a bit. We're in my uh, bedroom that uh, I grew up in, and, uh, and we set up camp here, and uh, Joining me today is one of my childhood friends who uh, is a soul and pop singer. Uh, I've known him since the seventh grade. And, uh, you know, he did theater uh, in high school. And uh, now he is uh, in grad school f uh, over. Are you still at DePaul? Yeah, I'm still at DePaul. Still at DePaul. Uh, going for a mental health counseling. So I'm excited to talk to him a little bit about his artistry and uh, all the things about, like, why he does what he does, and he has two albums out on streaming <laughs> that he both dropped this year. Danye Asante, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Ben. I'm excited. You're very welcome. <laughs> Might I say your ab your outfit is fabulous. <laughs> I love '90s cartoons. I feel like as I become more and more of an adult, Ben, I have to remind myself to have that inner child. In, yeah. my, in myself. Right. So, so. <laughs> and it's like the golden age Nicktoons. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Rocket Power. Yeah. Rock Cat Dog. Oh, my gosh. Rocket Power's theme song also, sick. Like, a, a mate at one of the best cartoon theme songs okay. of all time. Actually, I don't remember it. I'll have to go on YouTube and, like, look look it back up again. <laughs> oh, and, and I think, like, Rocket Power, Rocket Power was one of, like, the OG, like, it was. best cartoon, I think. I was um, so, like, I remember, like... Being so like, uh, it was the coolest show, but it's like, did they ever go to school? You know, <laughs> none of them did. I think that uh, you know, Phineas and Ferb never gave, never went back from the summer. Um, the Rocket Power kids never went to school. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, and even in like adult cartoons like South Park, like they never get older. Stewie, After, yeah, yeah, Stewie, Stewie never Stella gets older. Baby, Dora <laughs> yeah. is still a child. No, it's very right. Funny. It's, it's very been like. 20 years and they're still five years old we're in the same clothes too I'm like you don't shower no just, <laughs> just same outfits same You're right god i wish life was that simple it, i do too I, I wish like i could wake up uh, i wish like if, if an age that i wish i could stay at mm -hmm. would maybe be like i think like nine like nine years old was like a <sighs> nine i feel like see see okay like Nine was when, like, you were, like, sort of becoming, like, a big kid. Yeah. Compared to, like, being a little kid. Right. Like, you know, like, in elementary school. But at the same time, like, like looking retrospectively, uh -huh. being nine is, like, the brat... Like, that's one of the brattiest ages. I feel like... I think, Nine, yeah. ten, eleven, like, is, like, when you think you're, you're hot shit. That's true. You know? That's true. And I just, I think my cringiest moments came from, like, being nine. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think middle school was some cringe. Seven, eighth grade was more cringy, I think, than nine, oh, yeah. nine and ten. I think, like, what I enjoyed about, I just, and I have to remind myself, uh, and I try to tell my little brother this, like, mm -hmm. just don't rush it. Because I think, like, yeah. when we were kids, I mean, the, the, at that age, I was like, the only thing I was worried about was, like, getting past, you know, the level in Super Smash Brothers Brawl, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. or, like, you know, what my, like, the fact that we, like, have, like, some people, um, if you're privileged enough, have families that just cook meals every single day. It's mm -hmm. like, 
I just that's stressful to think to like, wow, Danya, you have to, you won't eat today, right? If you don't cook, yeah, like that. That's like, pfft. so I just I miss not having responsibilities. I miss the video games mm-hmm. and just going yeah, just to dough, like be yeah. in my dojo and right, it's yeah. like nope I have to go like go to this nine to five and then right. I have to like figure out my dishes right. and it's yeah. I miss that so. I, yeah same I, yeah like I worry about you know making months rent yep and oh gosh <laughs> right if I get late if I am late to work you mm-hmm. know I'll get like in trouble maybe <laughs> if, I, if we were late to school, our parents got in trouble. Right, yeah. But we, the, it wasn't harm on us, right. you know? Right, the accountability just is, uh, you know, it, it, you know, all, like, that childlike innocence just becomes, uh, you know, withers away, and you find yourself just, you know, accountable for everything. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I have to cook now, you know? I have to get groceries. I gotta... It sucks. I'm on food stamps right now. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I was. You know, you have to renew those, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Or they'll take them away. No one told me that. You uh, have to, like, send your income again. Oh, yeah. Um, I should probably look into that. Maybe yeah, make sure that I'm up to date. Definitely don't miss, because they <laughs> will take... The government will take away your benefits. So, no, but I hear you. I think, like... And I actually, I talked about it in, 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 a, in a song on my last project, but I feel like we, as kids, we want to be older. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to that point of the, uh, of adulthood in the right. 20-somethings, then we want to go back. It's so interesting of how is, yeah. the, the human develops. Um, yeah. And so it's like, I wish I could go hug nine-year-old Danye and say, Make it go slow. You're right. Go slow. Yeah. You don't want to be an adult. I promise. Yeah. I promise. There's so much stress. Totally. So. You definitely like idealize like either what it was like or what it will be like. Yeah. You know, rather than just like embracing the present. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, hard yeah. to. I think that's and, and like that's not even something that little kids don't even recognize. But even adults, just like I had to constantly tell my friends when they're down or in a in a, in a deep. Um, mental whatever I tell them like focus on the present moment mm-hmm. what how are you right now in the present moment is your worry right now in the present moment if not mm-hmm. don't don't freak out because I think like as human beings we are never in the present we right, are yeah. always thinking past future we yep. are never exactly. right in the yeah. right here right now and what you'll realize is in the right here right now you're probably content you're probably annoyed with something you're probably want something in your life that maybe you don't possess mm-hmm. but you are probably the what's stressing you out is something either future-based or past right 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 um, and that's where the, the the constant like uh the constant like tug of war between anxiety and depression like comes into play like yeah. You know, dreading or dwelling. Yeah. You know. Yeah. D and D. Oh my god. <laughs> I, <ooh>. <laughs> I just made that up on the spot. Wow. I thought it was an actual term. You would have fooled me. Oh no. You shouldn't have said anything. Well, you heard it here. <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy coined today. So what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, yeah. Danye, we talk uh, love and fear, uh, passion and creativity. I love those things. Thank. I'm glad. <laughs> glad. Uh, I'm, you know, we're gonna get into everything and. Uh, it's crazy is so like I know you're making music now, uh yeah. you know, making some noise uh over up in the city in <laughs> Chicago right now and you know, we've known each other since the seventh grade and uh uh I remember the first time I ever saw you actually sing, uh-huh. which I was like it was just kinda of like a right place, right time thing. And this was like you know, I know you ended up doing theater in high yeah. school, like that was like what you were known to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but 
Yeah, like, before that, like, the crazy thing, the first time I ever saw you sing, perform, was... Uh, at Homewood Days. Wow. In, uh, That's crazy. <laughs> in, tw- in 2010. Oh I my gosh. That's uh, a whole 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, literally a like, whole fucking decade. And you were singing So What by Pink. Whoa. And uh, So What was written in my hair. It, yeah. <laughs> I wish we got a picture. I know. Look at it. That's why I, there is a picture on Facebook of you dig deep. That's mm. still one of my profile pictures. Maybe I'll like throw a graphic yeah. of the old Donye yes. singing. Please do the so what. Fourteen year old Donye. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But that, yeah, but like I was like, oh yeah, that's that's Donye, right? He was, <laughs> he was in my English class. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. my god. And then that's also back when you were playing soccer still. <laughs> Whoa, uh, trying to conform to toxic masculinity. I yeah. Had, I had a uh, man. I had to do one sport. Oh, same. I had to play lacrosse. Okay. Okay. Cool, <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. You have to. You always have to choose one. To mm-hmm. Like conform to the ideas of being a man. I actually right. did enjoy soccer, though. I think that like I stopped enjoying it when I got to high school and I realized that art was more what I was more passionate Certainly. about. Yeah. Um, but whoa, you threw me back, though. Yeah. Uh, so, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say it's just it's it's interesting thinking of what music was to me then than what it is mm-hmm. to me now. Yeah. I think like in back then, all I wanted was you know to do like the competitions and I auditioned for American Idol and The Voice and things like that and mm-hmm. I and I think that it's interesting and I even think like those were so much fun like why was I so stressed because when I think about it now it's like that was really fun the home of days uh, I did So What one year um, yeah. and then I, I think that that year I, I think I did So What first and then I came back and then I got made it to the finals I did Eye of the Tiger Oh, which classic, is which right. is great, um, and then the second year I did, and I am telling you from Dreamgirls, and that was like, whoo, that was that was a fun time. <laughs> but I think that, and we 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 talked about this being in the present moment uh, uh, earlier in this conversation. But I think I wasn't in the present moment when I was there because I remember of Homer days. I got so upset that I w- didn't win that I remember telling my mom I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. Like, a, this whole music thing, and I remember packing up anything that was related to music. Right. Like, I had, like, a bunch of music games for my Wii. And yeah. I was packing them up and saying, I'm done with this. Yeah. I mean, like, a, and we were all, and still to this day, people are so dramatic on social media, but I think I made right. a post, like, I'm done yeah. quitting You're this. like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> bye, screw you, home on Idol. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that, right. like, I think, and I wish I could hug I always think of little Donya. I wish I could hug him and tell him that that stuff doesn't matter. Right. And even as an independent artist, now ten years later, people still try to do you know you know the possessions of like what competition stuff bring. But mm-hmm. now it's like, do you want to go to L.A. or do you ever want to win a Grammy or do you want to have like an expensive record deal? And it's like, no. I think right. like for me, if any of that stuff happened, whoo, cool. Um, right, yeah. But I think that. I am so about building connections, and what I think what was so beautiful about this past few years with music is that the connections I bring. I mean, something totally. like you remembering Homeward Days is like shows me like, wow, it was like I made yeah. I made an, I made an impression, and I think that that's what I want to do right. yeah. with music. I want to build connections. I totally. want to make people feel good. I want to make memories. But I think when you get wrapped up in winning or getting something for it, then you lose right. the art the of, reward factor yeah, yeah. the the uh, as they call it the clout you know oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> that uh, dreaded word <laughs> and it's so oh I just had a conversation with somebody uh, me and my friend were 
Uh, I'm already working on album three. But I think that we were talking, one of the guys I'm featuring on the third album, me and him were talking, and we were saying, like, it's all subjective, so why do we even get wrapped up in it? Because it's like, some of my favorite artists, some people may hate. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. and some people that I also love have never even won a Grammy, or some people don't even know. Right. Um, someone, Emily Sande, do you know her? Uh, I've heard of her. Yeah. Do you know that song "Next to Me"? Next Possibly. to me. Possibly. Sure, uh, sure, sure. She is so fucking talented, and like nobody knows her. Like I think mm-hmm. she performed like at Lala maybe two or three years ago or okay. whatnot. But I, I think of people like her, and I just think of. That and you probably have artists too that you love that people don't even talk about. Most I mean, of, like most of what I listen to, like no one that like follows you know like commercial music or media or anything, like have no idea. Like you know, and like and I don't blame them. It's just yeah. you know they, you know, like like you said, like they've gone the independent route. You know, they've you know they work with smaller record labels or they just you know they're just doing things that aren't may not be like totally like what's hot at the time or as accessible but but like to me like you know you you like what you like you're influenced by what you're influenced by and you know that's the that's the whole beauty of art in itself is like what it how others relate to it like how you know how it makes it builds community it makes people feel less alone it's like a critical way of expressing an idea or a feeling yeah and like you just said, like I, uh, I totally like, I was uh, super hard on myself too. Like mm-hmm. when I was little, like when I was younger in elementary school, like in middle school, like in high school. About this time, I just kind of like you know didn't give a fuck and I just coasted through it. But Sh- shut up, I was a so opposite. <laughs> I feel like now I'm like don't give any fucks. But I I feel like I gave so many fucks all the way up to eighteen. Oh yeah, I mean some people definitely still did. <laughs> I, I think that I was just more concerned with like, you know, fitting in at the, at this in high school. But yeah. but like when I was younger, like I cared so much about my grades. Yeah. And like I felt like I had to be the smartest person in the room all yeah. the time. I put, you know, I would like, uh, you know, I would I was actually getting straight A's at one point in my life, believe it or not, uh-huh. which is like such a like radically like uh, insane idea. <laughs> I believe you're a straight A student in sixth grade, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, but like, uh, no, I would, uh, I would get bent out of shape if like I wasn't put in like the gifted classes, you know, the highest level classes, or if I, you know, like if the kid next to me, like got a better grade on me, got a better grade than me on a test. Mm -hmm. And I would be like like I would automatically like be so harsh on myself and think I'm stupid or think that I'm worthless and that like why like what's my worth what's my value if like I can't be like someone that's like smart and and therefore has placed societal value on yeah. because like you're so fed that agenda growing up that like you need to do really well in school and you need to be like you need to study if you're going to be successful in life. Yeah. But here we are now. And, and everyone's at the same playing field. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and like, like intelligence is just such a like, you know, subjective way of describing like what somebody is good at. Cause oh, yeah. like, totally like, 
you know, it's a social construct. To, a hundred percent. You know, like I, you know, like I may not have ended up getting the best grades in high school or college, but you know, I. I'm eccentric. I'm yeah. good at certain things. Other people. You aren't. have this fucking podcast. Right, right. <laughs> like, you know, same with you though. Like you, you know, you are taking a huge risk mm -hmm. making music, mm -hmm. putting yourself out there, like built, making a brand for yourself. Um, yeah. And like you know, it's just it's okay if like you know you ended up not being meant to like be somebody in like you know a uh, a science lab working for NASA right. or that or if you were like. You know, at the top of your own company. You know, it, it like it ends up, yeah, it ends up not mattering because everyone just goes their own route with yep. it. You know, like everyone is good at something, mm -hmm. and some people, some people like that is discovered at an earlier age than others, which is totally fine. Yep. But a lot of the people that I ended up like gravitating towards, like some of my best friends, like whether they're from here in in uh, uh, the Chicago area or back in Milwaukee, a lot of them. You know, either didn't go to school or they dropped out. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, it's like, school doesn't even matter. It doesn't define, it shouldn't define your success or how you perceive, like, how smart you are. Absolutely. Or how successful you should be, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. And I think, like, it's interesting. I think of so much that you just said. I think of somebody like Jabuki, who I... Shout out to um, Jabuki. Jabuki Young White, an, an icon living. Uh, I competed with him on speech team. He went to Marion. He didn't go to HF. Right, yeah. But... Um, this man went to DePaul, dropped out, went to pursue his dream in New York in comedy, and look at it now. Mm -hmm. Like, um, a very, very known celebrity that, like, is taking yeah. pictures with Solange. Right. And I'm like, yeah. uh, and he's, and he, he believed in himself enough to, to do that, and I think that that's why I want to be a school counselor. Um, not because of Jabuki, but because <laughs> of, um, telling individuals, telling students, um, to believe in their worth and believe mm -hmm. in their capabilities and know that their talents um, are, don't compare yourself to anybody right. else. Know what you're talented in, know what your strengths are, and hone in on that skill, whatever mm -hmm. that is. I right. I want to get to a point, and that's why I want to work. I want to work not only you know as a school counselor, but hopefully I get to a position in these schools and in CPS that I can do a lot of systemic change. I want to eliminate course like. Honors, levels, CP, AP. Yeah, right. I want to eliminate standardized testing. I want to eliminate the labels that children put on them at such a young age. Right. Putting them in categories, yeah. And we, and it's interesting because we even do that as artists. I think that people, it's interesting, uh, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm being candid about you know my my life as an artist through through my songs, through my interviews and stuff like that. But I think that my, my past, Danye, and I and I think I'm I'm such a reflective individual. They teach us that in counseling, but. I, I think of like, I think of what people really want knew me as um, before music, and it was theater. Mm -hmm. um, theater was such a big part of my life from like seventh grade until freshman year of college. I remember senior year, we had AP English together, and you yeah. used to like rehearse your like uh, like monologues in front of us. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that too. Uh, oh well, see. That was speech. You were, yeah, you did speeches. But like, though, but like, they intertwined. Right. Speech and, speech and you know, you're still like, you were, acting. You're right, right. Yeah. You were still like, uh, you know, like, uh, presenting, mm -hmm. uh, performing something in front of others. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's interesting because that, that shaped such a huge part of my life. And I, and I don't regret it either. I think I love theater and speech. But what I do think about 
um, especially why I didn't do original music for so long was because of the culture of theater. Mm -hmm. And theater was also a place where you are constantly comparing yourself. I mean, like, if you didn't get a role, oh, that was a, that hurts you. Yeah. And then you're, you're comparing yourself to so-and-so. I think I'm a better actor than me. Or am I a weak actor? Um, you even compared yourself if, you know, it, it was such a... Oh, it was so culty and it was so um, clicky because mm -hmm. you had the actors and then you had the tech and yeah. then you had the ensemble and all three. You would think that we would be more together, but it wasn't. I think there was a few of us and like myself that I was like, I don't think I'm better than you just because I'm, I'm have a speaking role because if you're doing the lights and sound, well, the actors wouldn't be anything without those people. Right, yeah. And the ensemble and the people in the pit, they all come together for a show. But I think that the culture of theater is so vicious. It's so like, you know, I'm trying to outdo somebody to mm -hmm. the point where it's like you lose, I keep saying it, you lose the passion for the art. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I always, and it's interesting because I always tried to have a character, have a, a, a personality that wasn't like that, but people still think what they want. I, I had like little beefs sometimes with people, but I, I always told people, it's like, I'm, I don't think I'm better than anybody. If I got a role or whatever, I just want to. I just want to perform, and I just mm -hmm. want to make an audience right. person feel good. And I was like, and if you didn't get the role this time, you'll probably kick ass in the in the next show, or yeah. you'll get a nice role. I think right. that it it should never be about you know looking at somebody else mm -hmm. and trying to judge yourself. Totally, off of it, being you know? just you know like being comparative like to your own abilities to somebody else's. Which yeah, it's just like. The other day, like it's just it's stupid and it holds you back like, for so much. You know, the real competition is within yourself. Absolutely. Like, how am I going to continue growing and develop my artistry? And yep. it's another key thing is uh -huh. to just be like uh, constantly a student to what you do. One thousand percent. You know, and if you do that, it, it, that that you always be growing. I mm. feel like with me, I'm constantly. It was interesting. I was looking. Shout out to like Google Drive and Google Photos for like saving things for a <laughs> yeah, long time. Right. Uh, I was looking back at like old shows, and that's how I. That's what I'm always doing. I'm I'm never looking at like what what so and so. I mean, like yes, do I am inspired by other artists? Am I inspired by legends? Of course, but I think what I'm always coming back to, and what I'm actually doing the comparative work is. Oh, Danye, look at you in 2014, and look at look how you've developed since then. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I just. I was watching all those videos the other day, uh, and I was thinking, and even songs I wrote, I was like, whoa, I've grown so much as a songwriter, you know, from the stuff that I was writing back in the day to where I am now. And it's like, I think when you're constantly, like you said, if you make yourself the competition, if you're comparing, constantly comparing old you and with mm -hmm. new you, that's what makes the art fun. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Fuck a homeward day is not like the experience. Yeah. <laughs> I it. But fuck winning that. Right. Fuck a billboard hit, a Grammy, because like, Yes, so stuff like it, it, it does feel good. It's like that validation that people are seeking. But yeah. but you don't need validation. If you if you like your art and if you believe in your art, other people will believe in it too. Mm -hmm. What's so cool, it's like silly, I think if, if I talk about it, whatever. I was watching this episode of Victorious. I think Victorious was like the last really good show on Nickelodeon. Like that was that was it. Like when especially did, when did that one come out? That was like eighth or no? 
Was it eighth grade? I kind of just fell off. I feel like 2007, I think I stopped watching Nickelodeon. It, well, to be did, did you watch Zoey 101? Do you remember that yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was like... Victoria's kind of was a spinoff of that because Victoria oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was on okay. Zoe 101 and then she got her own show. So, like, that was, like, the last... I do remember that, yeah. ...book in of, like, good Nickelodeon, in my opinion. But I think that... Fair, fair assessment. <laughs> there was an episode, the first episode of that show, and, like, um, I think it's the first one, it's one of the first or second episodes, but it's called The Bird Scene, and she has to, Victoria Justice, her character, Tori Vega, she has to constantly... Um, she's constantly repeating the scene because her teacher keeps on saying she's doing it wrong. And the reason why she kept doing it wrong was that at the end of each scene, she would be like, was that good? And the teacher would be like, oh, nope, you got to do it again. And she got mad. Finally, she was like, I don't care if it wasn't good because I, I'm going to get her lines um, wrong. But she's like, I know I did a good job and I fucked that shit up. So she did not say that on a Nick TV show. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, right. Um, but he, and then the whole class starts clapping. It was like, you finally accomplished the bird scene. And what it was, what the teacher was, and shout out to like that. I mean, like he was like a fake acting teacher, but like all acting teachers should be like that teacher in the show. He was telling her, that's what it is about this art. As long as you believe in it, as long as you did well, don't ask people, was that good? Was that, mm -hmm. what, did you like it? Right, yeah. And I think that I always go back to that because, you know, I think my first two albums are very different experiences. My first album, I think I was needing so much validation of like, I want to know people, what people thought. I, I need to know um, if I did good and this and the other. But the second one, I liked it. With me and my producer, we liked it on our own. Yeah, you know, and so right. and I think that that made it better to release it because it was like, regardless if people hate it or whatever, I love this mm -hmm. thing. I I'm streaming my own songs because I right. like it. So it's like that's what it's about. And then people, I think now, with regards to artistry, they fuck with authenticity. They fuck with totally. confidence. I mean, look at people like Lizzo. Um, I think the people like that because it's like. No, she's having fun and she loves her and she's and she's great. And so I right. think that that's what people gravitate to. Somebody like Adele, who's won several Grammys, whose voice is pitch perfect, who's probably had several Billboard hits. I think, you know, that is not what is necessarily drawing people anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about who are people, who who they are, and how much do they love their art and mm -hmm. make other people feel that love when they're, when they're doing it. That's yeah. what it's all about. Oh, yeah, of course, 100%. Like, yeah, like, the tide is turning with yeah. how people perceive, like, you know, their favorite artists in relations to, like, the, the, the industry. Mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah, I think that a lot of that is because of people that are lifting stigmas. Yeah. Um, that are you know, increasingly becoming unapologetic and uh, unapologetically themselves. Yeah. And like, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Like you're dropping, you're dropping music because you just loved it so much for yourself. Like you did it because it was truly you. Yeah. And like, this was like what you just genuinely like, love to do it yeah. turned out the way you wanted it to turn out and that's why you put it out and no one should put out anything that isn't that yeah you know like you should never the idea of someone putting something out that they don't like yeah that they're only like that they're like labels or that they're 
you know, or that what the trend of whatever is popular at right. the time is telling them that they... The clout. Right, right, right. <laughs> Going back to the clout. Like, it's like you kind of what you're saying about, like, theater, like, it's going to make them fall out of love with what they do, you know? Absolutely. Which is a really harsh and brutal thing to become faced with, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and you never want to get to that point. And I think that that was it for me, especially... I, I go back to this, and I tell people this all the time. My... This, this, and I like that. I think like I, I want to say too. I like my first album, but your first is always it, it comes with different, you know, right, battles yeah. and insecurities and stuff like totally. that. But it's still you um, finding your your sound and your style and you know your voice, what, right? What mm-hmm. works and what doesn't work. Yeah, one thousand percent. And I think that like what I love so much about the second project, a little bit more than I'll, I'll say that a little bit more than the first one, um, was that. When I was first creating it, it was literally just self-care. It was literally like me going in the studio because 2019, like I said, it was a, it was an amazing gear, but it also had some downs and some loops. Right. And I think that I went in the studio, like beyond my actual therapist, music is my therapy. And so like even what I had like this week was, and the holidays always bring like, you know, seasonal depression and mm-hmm. different triggers and yeah. people. So this week I was even writing some songs, but like, I think what I do now, it's not in the mindset ever of I'm making a hit or I'm like I'm, I'm making something to to get this many streams or whatever. Right. I'm making all of my art for the rest of my life first for me, and I think that it was so therapeutic with the flaws and all experience that I that I created. It was mm-hmm. such a thing where like we just went in the studio and I told him uh, the idea and how I was feeling in the moment and what I wrote and then we and then we got to the end of the summer and we're like oh we have 15 tracks that really work great as an album mm-hmm. now and it was cool because when we were first making it it wasn't even about that and I think that that's why like each and every song even still when I listen to them now um, I, I feel the energy of that song because it was very authentic in the creation creating process mm-hmm. and it wasn't for an audience at first it was for myself mm-hmm. and then when i became and i healed quote unquote because healing is a is a continuous process right 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 but when i became comfortable enough with letting people in mm-hmm. um that's, to that yeah, story that's real um it, it, i wanted to release it to the public but i think that you should always do it for you first mm-hmm. and I think like if, if it always comes comes to you're doing this because you just genuinely love it then people will fuck with that and I think that like that's why I fucked with the album more I think a lot of other people fucked with the second one more than the first because it was just more authentically me mm-hmm. and I think that that's what that's what I want to do for the rest of my life I oh, think yeah. like I Beautiful. experience life write a song and that's it and then bada bing bada boom I Mm -hmm. think I'll I'll never be sad now as a singer songwriter because it's it's about my experiences and sharing that with people totally beautiful love it and (laughs) so that all being said um, so I know that like because I did my research on you Uh and you came from a gospel family and uh, you like have been singing uh, from a young age yes um, also, fun fact: Danya is my neighbor. He lives a couple. I, I should have said that at the beginning, but Danya lives right down the street from me. Literally down the street. He's five, gonna. He's gonna. Away. Yeah, he's gonna walk home after this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like you uh, have been 
you know, it was something that you found uh, getting trained with and brought up with. Mm -hmm. And then I know you said as you got older, theater became like, you know, such a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. And then, so I guess like when did music become like, when did you revisit it as something that you were ready to do? Like making your own original compositions and like actually like sharing your music with people. What Like when did, I guess like when did you hit that point? Oh, wow. Um, so... It's so interesting to think about the journey. I think that um, I recognize that theater wasn't my first love. Um, I think that it was always my second. I started off as a singer um, at a very young age. Shout out to Miss Pike. She gave me my first experience. Shout out to Miss Pike. You know, she All right. uh, She gave me my first yeah. solo. Who could imagine the king? And without her giving me that that that, that great platform at such a young age, who, who knows what I would have been. But it's interesting when you say that because, like, for so long, I was doing other people's material. I was in choirs, I was in theater, and theater were performing other people's, other playwrights and other um, musicals that have mm-hmm. already been written. Um, the singer-songwriter aspect of who I am now, I've actually started, this is, and this is fresh because I was looking at all the videos on my Google um, Drive last night, but it started with open mics at DePaul. So mm. DePaul had this thing called Thursday Night at the Lounge. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a place where, and not just for like um, singers, but poets performed, comedians, magicians. It was one show oh. where like <laughs> I was headlining, but like <laughs> was a magician right before me. I was like, this is fucking dope. I was Damn. like, I think that's, that's where cool. honestly, like concerts, that would be so dope if like you're going to a concert, but then like as an opener, not like another singer, but some magician. I think we should do that, that in, the, cold, in, in yeah. this next new Hell decade yeah. like bring other art together right like, oh why, totally like why do we have to go like to a comedy show and and then a concert like bring bring all of that Make so it multifaceted multifaceted right, show yeah. um anyway uh i was at uh, it started it started there at this thing called thursday night at the lounge and i performed with my buddy miguel it's all it's the universe is so interesting because i just bumped into miguel after not seeing him for like a few years before this interview uh, on the train and we were catching up about like that experience um, of performing together and we used to do covers um, to rap songs but we, mm-hmm. we would I would sing them so we did this cover of Trap Queen where I sang it I, I did see you post this video yeah uh, and, I, and I was thinking I was like that was one of the very first experiences where it was like it, it wasn't still original my work like it wasn't my words but it was original composition like we changed up how Trap Queen how Fetty Wap raps and we sung it and he acoustically played guitar um, and then there was another standout performance that we did where we did um, Hey Mama Kanye West mixed with before Kanye West was problematic Hey Mama yeah. mixed with um, uh, the song that he does with Paul McCartney um, Only One oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and we did a mashup of it and and then we did um I think Miguel may have played for this, um, but we did uh Beyonce uh partition. Oh and we did that acoustically. Classic. But we started working together and doing original composition of other people's songs and then I think that confidence of people fucking with that at open mics um made me want to do the original stuff. Now what's crazy though, I always had it in my back pocket. I just I needed that confidence to finally bring it out there but what's crazy I was writing songs back in HF uh, I think that I the one of the first songs that I really really wrote was senior year and I, uh, two songs one of them was called try one of them was called new leaf 
Um, but I wrote that senior year of high school, and I think that I've always been a songwriter because I'm always like it's always been my therapy. It's always been my where I go to mm-hmm. find um, you know to heal from the stuff that right. I've been through. You find solace. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that, like I told you, I think the thing that held me back was the theater environment, that theater group that I hung out with, because it was like it made me feel like you know the reason why I didn't want to release stuff for so long was like. Oh, well, I don't have like such a, um, you know, pitch perfect voice. Like my voice is raspy, like you know, and my voice is, um, it's deep and you know, it's it's kind of nasally. And so it was like I I don't hit like every single note. I can't read music. I can't. So I kept saying things things that I can't do. And this is why you can't mm-hmm. be a singer songwriter. But it was those experiences at DePaul, which is like. One, I realized I have a, I, I don't have, I'm not tone deaf. I, I can actually sing. I don't have a horrible voice. Um, but it was beyond that. It was recognizing like what, what being a singer songwriter is is stepping out of that box and being creative and, um, and find. Yes, I guess like developing a brand because I guess Danya Asante and who that is is a brand. But I think that finding what your purpose is with regards to making this art and I think that those experiences were so pivotal and like just me like even creating a set list you know and, yeah, right. and and figuring out songs that I just wanted to do and how I wanted to arrange them and then when I did that it was like okay well I know I can write I always knew I could write and then I knew that I could arrange songs based off of that experience I was like let's start doing original stuff and then it from then on it, I mean I, I just think and like you said, I stopped comparing myself to other people and I just start, started comparing myself to me. And I wanted to keep on getting better as the years and years went on. So at first it was being with Miguel and doing covers. Right. Then I started actually performing with this guy named Malcolm. He's so dope. Right. Shout, out. Uh, shout out to Malcolm. Uh, I love that man so much. And he, he was a part of this African drum group at DePaul because DePaul had every group that you could think of any, any college right. does like yeah. it has any club that you could think of right. um, yeah. so he was part of this African drum group and I was like yes I want to like I want to perform with him I was like I think that would be so so dope um, and so we started doing some of my original stuff accompanied with his drum and then and I you know he's so and we talk about this to this day he's like you've grown so much from those experiences but I was like but if it wasn't for you you know, and, and accompanying me, I would have never even gone to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I started with him, and then I eventually had to figure out, I was like, okay, I know now I want to make this music, like I want to put it out. Um, but I had to find a producer that I fit with, and that took a while. Mm-hmm. Like finding, because the, the thing that I realized too, um, and it was kind of like watching interviews with other artists as well, it's like when you're in the studio, especially if you're writing songs that are very connected to who you are yeah um you have to be with someone that you trust with those stories and that you feel comfortable because then you're not going to be your full self in the studio and then the music is not going to turn out to be what you want it to be someone who you who you know well and they know you well enough where you can like really like build off of each other's feedback and whatnot yeah yep and with and that's why that's probably why the first album wasn't like as you know my my favorite as the second one I like both of them but I think the reason why I like the second one more was that I was back and forth with producers with that first one like some of the tracks were came from one producer and some came with the one that I currently work with his name is Linus shout out to Linus shout out to Linus I love that man and I think that 
I started out with Linus, and I should have I should have stuck with Linus, but Linus sucks at answering his phone. That get it together, true. Linus. That's that's actual truth. Uh, he will be like, you know what? That that is true. Um, but we had started working together on this song called Let the Flex Fall, which was like the first song I ever released, at, and and people bit onto that one. But um, I did that, and I remember I was like, whoa! I had so much fun, um, and that was when the Donny Asante thing came because I remember just saying Donny Asante, and I was like, oh, that's that's a, it. That's a name. <laughs> I was yeah, like, uh, right. and I, I don't, my thing, my middle name has always been cool. I don't know why for I didn't think about that for a long, but you're you're figuring out your identity and figuring out stuff. Yeah, so, um, but. I started out with Linus, and then I switched over to the producer, and I won't name who that was, but like, it just wasn't there. You know, we the connection wasn't there, the 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 whole, everything that we've been talking about, what art means to me and what it meant to him were two different things. Mm-hmm. And it was hard because yeah. he was also a singer, sure. right? So I think that that comparative nature started to happen sure, yeah. um, with both of us. And I think that, you know, and he wasn't as invested as creating an album with me because I think that he was focused on his stuff too and his and his own band mm-hmm. so I had to find someone and that's why I went back to Linus who was a passionate about getting this material out there but also just made me feel as comfortable as possible when I'm making it mm-hmm. and ever since me and Linus reconnected I mean we reconnected at the beginning of last uh, no beginning of this year um, it's weird. Beginning right? of this year, then it's fast crazy. year. So, such a fast year. Whoa! It's just it's so, so much happened. But right. um, we reconnected, and the first single that we put out um, together, reconnected, was the song called "No Answers," which is still probably one of my favorite songs I've ever done. Um, and here we are now, at, two albums later, with this guy. But I think it's been a journey. It's been mm-hmm. a journey in the sense of. Figuring out who I am as a singer-songwriter, finding that confidence that got taken away from theater, and then experiencing life. I think that you can't write about things until you have enough, you know, life experience and enough time to reflect on it. And I think that's why I released everything when it was, because I was like, okay, I've experienced this mm-hmm. and now I can write about it and talk about it and genuinely um, feel it. Because the thing about me, too, I always... And when I'm writing songs, I also think about the performance aspect. I was like, I don't want to be up there performing something that's not like not Danye or not where he is at presently. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's yeah. where we are. That's, sure, that's, here we are. That, and now we are tired. Uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm burnt out. Shoot. After this week, I'm, after this week of, uh, you know, doing, getting to do this with people, uh, that I only see once a year. Yeah. I I need to. I'm gonna get some rest. But but yeah, you've had a very like incredibly uh, um, monumental year with yeah. like all the content you've dropped and you know all the, you did a lot of singles too. Uh, you know, Daddy. Whoa! Such a fun song. Yeah, <laughs> Ghost. Also oh, a fun ass song. Fun ass. Uh, both. Ah, uh, so yeah. so many fun singles. So yeah, like going into 2020. Uh, you know, what do you have in store? We are, oh, man, I'm not going to say the album title, even though it's already been created. Sure. Um, because I want it, want it to be such a surprise. Um, totally. But album three um, is going to be great. Um, I love it because the thing is, I tell people this, like, it's interesting that I'm always thinking of what's next, even when something has just came out, because people are probably like, Oh, yeah, you just. have to. You have to, yeah. Um, and so I was writing this third album, while the second album was ending because the thing was like 
most for the most part with my songs they're already all written and then I just have to go in the studio and produce and make them so it was like well I can't limit like I meaning like I can't censor myself it's like if I feel something I always have my phone and I always am voice recording and writing lyrics down in my notes so the third album was already written I like wrote like I think total this year I think I wrote 30 plus songs so it was like it was just figuring out what songs belonged on what project um yeah, but piecing them together yeah 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 um but this third project i think i'm getting political which is exciting Hell yeah yeah um and i think right i think when you have a platform as an artist um you can't help but want to talk about what's going on they can't the really world. be separated no you know no, no no um but i think what's cool about art is that people you know for some reason they listen to it more i think like there's so many amazing things um, even thinking like Childish Cambino, Janelle Monet, people that have like talked about this political social climate and have done it in such an artistic way. Um, but I think for me, I didn't want to do that right away because for me, I think I had a lot of stuff and I always tell people this, I'm so animate on that. Um, it's like before you can critique and police others and what they're doing harmful or good in the world, mm-hmm. make sure that your own house is together. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, yeah. I was like, I needed to make sure that all the stuff that Danye was dealing with personally was together and healed and and, and, and and talked about in therapy before I started giving my commentary on this world. I think that I'm so big on making sure people make sure their friend circles and family circles start there before you try to go and do the world because the world's overwhelming but you can do small bits of change in your own life so i think i've already done that in my own personal life like mm-hmm. i made you know those adjustments right. in with myself but also yeah. with my friends and family to the point where it's now it's like now i do want to give commentary on the yeah, world sure. so um yeah i i totally i relate you know like you have a lot to figure out before you have to, you have a lot of internal baggage to unpack before you can start unpacking like the baggage of like the big picture yeah and like yeah and also to so so that you have like a fully confident fully formed opinion on things too. yeah, yeah for sure yeah, yeah yeah um and i'm excited man i i the the, the first two singles are gonna yeah. if, if everything goes well and i'm going back in the studio next week so i haven't been in the studio Sweet. for like two or three months so i can't wait that's like my home oh, i think like right. Besides being in my apartment, like that's you're probably getting antsy. Oh, I miss it so much. So uh, I'm going in next week, and I hope what I'm going to do also. I don't care about like the thing is, and I read something about like Apple Music critiquing Ariana Grande and how she shifted in the sense like she just released an album back to back and just released singles and 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 it's the speed of one I think people's attention spans, but also just Mm, the speed of what music is now. So for me, it's like I don't want to. And I, I didn't do it the second album, and it worked well. I don't want to hold on to things for too long, because then you then you second guess it, and then you over critique mm-hmm. it. I want to go in, I want to record it, and I want to let it go. So the first, I want to release these two singles back to back in February, if all if all goes well, sure. and they're going to be both very very political. Um, but I think I'm also acknowledging, you know, my race. Um, explicitly for the first time mm-hmm. and where I feel as a black man in America was specifically within my own community um, and so I think that I can't wait to do that um, um, but before I start this third chapter I will say this Delusional the music video will be coming out 
before any of that. And they will be coming out in 2020. So uh, I'm really excited to do that. We're going to start filming that next month. I haven't done a music video since the Be Yours from like the very first album. And it'll be uh, a little throwback to Danye and theater. I think theater will oh, always yeah. be a love for me. It won't be the first love. But the cool thing about music is that you can do visuals. So I can mm-hmm. combine right. both my loves. Hell so yeah. um, there's a storyline. We right, just met right. this past weekend. It's been a busy weekend. I'm tired, like I said. There's some narratives. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. got some narratives. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun shoot. So awesome. um, some cool things coming. Music videos coming, a whole album and rest. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. We need to we need to start we need to just keep dreaming, you know? Yeah. And I think it goes back to everything you were attesting to, like, just constantly being, like, a step ahead. Yeah. You know, so that you don't plateau or stagnate or be aimless. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you got it. You well, got thank it. you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for having me on, on, on this podcast. I, I, All right, Don, Donye Asante. Okay. Um, we're here in my kitchen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is what my house looks like. This is what I this is where I grew up. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you for being uh, on the show for thank making you. time with me. Yeah, I get a beer like you, Ben. Uh, it, it <laughs> it's a long drawn out process. Okay, okay. This is about four or five months or so. After the third album, that's that's my next goal. This beer. Okay. <laughs> By the way, well, I will hold you to that. I'll, we'll you'll, we'll be kind. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Yes. You'll let me know uh, how that uh, is going. Yes, one thousand percent. Um, I also love your cover art on uh, on flaws and all. Oh, so much fun! More photo shoots coming soon. Hell yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you. I can tell that you are really like, you know, being truly like living into your own existence. So yeah. So, you tell me what keeps you up at night. Oh, oh, my thoughts. The thoughts. Right? <laughs> I, I wish my brain would be right. quiet. The tug of war, the what we were talking about earlier. Jesus Christ. Between the past and the future. Yeah, the, the inner voice of Dante does not shut up, so mm-hmm. myself keeps me up at night. Fair. Hey, fairly put. You know, same here. Uh, what puts you to sleep, though? Music um, and the hope for tomorrow, the hope for a better day. I, even when you had a good day, I think like you can right. like you can always go higher. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I'm always eager to see what the next right. day is going to bring. Yeah, we're always building. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Ben. This is lovely. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, so uh, flaws and all, as well as Danya Asante, self-titled album streaming everywhere. Uh, do you have any performances coming up? Um, no, but check out Delusion on the music video dropping on Valentine's Day 2020. Oh, <laughs> start right in the field. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time. Bye. Oh.